Thank you. Please sit down. I got water, Bible, that which is needed for life and godliness. <laughs> Thank you, Malcolm, for that welcome. I so enjoy being here at West Point. So here we go. West Point, good morning. I am from India. We are very different in many ways. We do things differently. We, we do have certain way of driving. Some of you have been to our country, you comment about our driving and you talk about your orderly driving and we have order in our own expression. But uh, you are, you're really good. <laughs> so I'm told that not at West Point, but in an average English home, Sunday lunch is special. Roast, yeah? So I want to invite you to have some Indian cuisine this morning, not roast. <laughs> so if you've been visiting some other restaurant for good food. This morning, I want to welcome you to an Indian restaurant. It's going to be a bit of a spice, a bit of a curry, chicken tikka masala. Yeah? So, you ready for that? <laughs> All right. What, a, what an amazing conference this has been. I have been so blessed. Just the wonderful men that served us from the platform Terry, Andrew, and Guy, tag. Yeah? And I'm going to tag along this morning. And uh, I mean, you know, they served us so well. And the seminars and the, the whole atmosphere has been so brilliant. So thank you for receiving us. Thank you for welcoming us. And thank you for your hospitality. And what, a, what an amazing offering once again, I, when I heard that figure, I mean, we want to celebrate God's goodness about giving us money, but I felt, one thing that I felt for me was the nearness of God upon us as a family of churches. God is with us. God is on us, and he wants to do even greater things. Samir prophesied, he has plans for us, Jeremiah 29 we often quote that scripture, don't we? And we say that he has plans for us. And I, I believe not only he has planned for us, and he knows what's the plan. It is important that many people do have plans, but it's good for us to know the one who has a plan knows what it is. And he's taking us from one thing to another. So it's been an amazing journey for us just being here. So God bless you. Thank you for a great great time here. I've been asked to share from the book of Acts chapter 3, a story of a crippled man. So that's what I'm going to do. So turn with me to the book of Acts chapter 3, verse 1 to 8. So as a mark of respect to the Word of God, could you stand as I read the Word? Please. Thank you. One day, 
Peter and John were going up to the temple at a time for prayer at three in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at, the, at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk, and then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful story that is. Let's all lift our voice together. Thank God for a few seconds for a story like that. There is faith in this room, and I believe God is going to do something special for us today. How many of you believe that? If you believe that, say a big shout, hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Let's, just, let's lift our voice together and just thank God for that word. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you, Lord. We just bless you and give you praise for what you've done for us, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for this word. I pray, God that you come and minister your word to us by the power of your spirit in Jesus' name. Amen. Be seated, please. I have titled this message, Unlocking the Restrictions. That's what I've titled this message, and I have four points. I believe there are people, we all have some restrictions or the other. Yes, we are free in Christ. It was for freedom that Christ has set us free. But when it comes to stepping out in faith and doing things, there are restrictions. There are things that we put upon ourselves. Just to help you on that, let me just give you a little bit of my own journey. I was born in the southernmost state in India called Kerala. Now I live in Mumbai for the last 30 years. I was I grew up in a Catholic home, knowing all the you know religious rituals and things like that. But when in the year 1987 I came to Mumbai to search for a job, and that's the year I had an encounter with Jesus Christ. And I didn't know that at that moment what I would be. I was excited. The day I became a Christian, I I read the Bible whole night, not that I understood much. I just, I just read. And I, on my way back home, I, there was tears streaming down from my eyes, and I didn't know why I was crying, but I was, felt wonderful. I knew that I met with God. And since then, almost every Sunday, I used to attend three meetings, different places. I was so excited. I wanted to learn more about God. I knew that every, every preacher that I looked at and I thought, oh, I want to be like him. And I, 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 used to, I was initial formative years as a Christian. I was shaped by Billy Graham's messages, Reynard Bonke's messages. And maybe that had an impact in my life. And every time when I heard Billy Graham, I said, wow, that's amazing. 
But then, in the year 1998, um, when Ram Babu, many, many of you would know his name, he prophesied over me. And in a gathering, and he picked me up and he said, you know, asked me to stand. And he said, you know, I believe the anointing of the Lord is on you as you go to the mountainous places. God will use you with signs and wonders. Now, I had not journeyed into that until that point. I was very devout follower of Christ. I was enjoyed the church. I served the church. And when this prophecy came, what Ram Babu didn't know that in few days later, I was scheduled to go to Nepal. So my wife Julie and I, we led a team a a mission trip to Nepal, and it is customary in Nepal, and I think most of the Asian um, churches that you would find that a visiting preacher is expected to pray for the people. So at the end of the meeting, people lined up to be prayed for. So I prayed for people, and I prayed for people came, and just a prayer of blessing, never prayed really for healings, because just prayed for faith, prayed for their needs. And a lady came. She was bent over. You know, from, she was like that, bent over. And she came and stood before. And I thought, what to pray for her? She, she stood there, so I prayed, God bless her. And Lord, may she be wonderful. I don't remember the full prayer, but I just prayed for her. And then she went back, and after some time, she came back again. So my first reaction, I prayed for you already. So she stood there, so I prayed for the second time for more blessing. And then she came back the third time to be prayed for. And this time her husband was there with her. So I said, I prayed for her twice. He said, she's feeling better. <laughs> so I prayed for her. Then I thought maybe she has more faith. And honestly, I'm, let me say this to you. My faith was not for healing at that moment. I'm thinking I need to get through to this and I was already hungry for lunch. <laughs> Maybe some of you are thinking that way this morning. I can tell you that, you know, you will not be disappointed. <laughs> so, so then she came for the second time and then I prayed for second time and the third time and the fourth time and I prayed for her the fifth time and she stood straight for the first time. I had never seen anything like that in my entire 10 years of, 10 or 11 years of Christian life until that point. And then I remembered the prophetic word, as you go to the mountainous place, God will use you for signs and wonders. I said, wow, this is happening. Friends, that was just the beginning. And I want to say this to you, for some of you need to hear that afresh, maybe today is the beginning of that journey for you. Some of you are going to walk into supernatural for the first time today. For some have already walked into supernatural, you're going to go to another level. Another level. Now, since then, my journey with supernatural, praying for the sick, continued. And we as a church been praying and fasting. We've been a church, been doing it for the last 12 years, six years ago. God spoke to me to start 
a Friday healing service in Brivli in Mumbai, the church that I, Living Hope Church that I'm part of. And for those who are watching on a television and different programs, and I just want you to know that today God is going to meet with you as well. And I, this, this meeting that we call it Encountering Jesus on, on Fridays. So we did that on 2011, 22nd July, we started Encountering Jesus. We have seen thousands of people coming for this meeting week after week. And the latest count, and we maintain a record of the people who come, the number of visitors, and the number of people who testified of being healed. 209 people were testified at encountering Jesus in the last six years of being healed, restored, blind eye opened, people in barrenness taken away, tumors disappeared, and all kinds of sickness came there healed, and this has been continuing even today. <laughs> and God can do it for us. He is not a respect, respecter of any man. He loves his children. I love what John Gross brought the other day. He loves the people. He wants us to have the same love for the people. It's not just for the sake of, you know, for healing and those. That's part of God's mission. I, want, I, I hope you catch my heart this morning. It's not just about, only about healing. It is God's heart for mankind. And we want to see that is coming to us as well. Now, the story is fantastic. The story from Acts chapter 3. Here is a man who's crippled and waiting for, and he's waiting for people to give him money. It, <coughs> it says, it says, the disciples gathered together upon Jesus' instructions said, wait for me, wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. And he said, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will receive power. You will and then you will be my witness in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. You will receive power. And guess what? On the day of Pentecost, the power from heaven came down. The power of God turned, despairing disciples, doubters, disciples into dynamic disciples. They were in despair before the Holy Spirit could come upon them. But when the Holy Spirit came upon them, they became dynamic disciples. Wouldn't it be wonderful for us to be the dynamic disciples of Jesus Christ? Over 3,000 people in this room, and imagine we receive the power of God, a fresh, a fresh touch from heaven, and we become dynamic, and we get out of this place into our streets and neighborhood we would be a transformed people and our neighborhood would be transformed. And that's what happened. The day they had received the promise of the Holy Spirit, they were clothed with power from high. They received the power of God to energize them to become witness to Jesus Christ in a secular society. The power of the Pentecost was for the people to enable the disciples to reach out to touch human need and to share liberating truth to the gospel of Christ Jesus. The power of Pentecost is for the paralysis of the world. Now, I believe this is my own understanding. The Holy Spirit hasn't really 
come to make the strong strong. He's come for the weak. If you think that, oh, I have limitations, you qualify. If you think that I am so timid, you qualify. If you think that I'm so weak, I'm not so eloquent, you qualify for the supernatural power of God to come upon you. In the upper room, when they gathered together, they were fearful people. They were weak. They were not so eloquent. They were not so polished. They were a weak bunch of people gathered together in the upper room. And then the tongues of fire came upon them. Something from heaven, like that we see those, those light, lightning coming upon, touching the earth. The, the, the heavenly touch of God touching the human beings on earth. That is what we call it supernatural. Amen. Say to your neighbor, supernatural. Are you ready for supernatural this morning? Are you ready? Are you ready for supernatural? And I believe, I believe today is going to be a special day for us. In our text today, we see the power of God healing the crippled man. We see people who have been touched by the power of God touching others. It is a story of the crippled man who begged by the gate called Beautiful. In this passage, we see a real example of the power of God to heal. The man was healed physically. He was crippled all along, all through his life he was crippled. But when he met John and Peter, things changed. He was crippled a minute ago, and now he's jumping on his feet. And I believe this text is not only limited to physical healing only. This passage deals with human healing on every level. So Malcolm mentioned about earlier that a number of words of knowledge coming. God is going to heal the brokenhearted. If you, your heart, if you feel that you're a person in that category, you're brokenhearted, know that today God will restore your heart. Today God will restore your heart. Here we will find lessons from this passage that we can apply to our lives. So I have four points. The first point, it is a human tragedy, a human tragedy. As we look at this passage, we see the scripture tells us that the man was crippled. He was crippled from birth, which is an indication that he needed help right from the beginning. His parents to take him around, he missed his childhood, playing, doing things like other children would do. As he grew up, he couldn't do he couldn't go with his friends out. I mean, he needed help, his friends, to bring him to the temple. And the only thing he could do in life was to beg. That was a tragedy. Now, we don't want that kind of people. We don't want that kind of situation in our lives in our, with our children or with our family or our friends or anyone. But that was the reality. That was the reality. He was a beggar, and he missed out much in that days. And it says, everyone who was there looking at him, and they all looked at him with, you know, would give him something. There are crippled people in this world, but there are literally tens and thousands who are crippled emotionally. There are hundreds and thousands who are crippled spiritually. 
The message of this man is that there are needs to be met in human lives everywhere. There are needs to be met in human lives everywhere. Not just only in this room. I believe there are people who need physical healing in this room. I do know that. You've got to believe God for a breakthrough. You've got to believe God for, as I was preparing for this message, I felt God gave me two words of knowledge. One is, and I really felt God saying this to you now. There are people with you have tumor, you can feel it. You can feel it. It is there. And I believe today that tumor will disappear. There's other thing that I felt, there are people with spondylitis issue, then you, you get this niggling pain around, just around your neck and running down your shoulders, and you just live with it, and you kind of take treatment and this and that. I, know, I believe today is going to be an end to that. And if anyone in this two category, could you kindly stand up right now? Anyone, you have a tumor, just, just wherever you are, stand up, stand up where you are. Keep your hand on that tumor. Keep your hand on the shoulder where you have pain in this room. Anyway, if you have a tumor, if you have a spondylitis thing, any pain on your shoulder, just stand there. I'm going to pray, and I believe God will heal. That's my faith, because God has done it for me. I have, I have seen he, God heal me in my own life. I've experienced healing. Not only that I'm praying for healing for others, I've experienced healing in my own life. So, Father, I pray for all those who, in anticipation... All those who are waiting for a touch from you, Lord God, touch their bodies in Jesus' name. Let healing flow as I pray in the name of Jesus. Tumor, disappear. And for those watching on the television, if you are struggling with a tumor, place your hand on that tumor and it will disappear. And your hand, you, you have pain on your neck, place your hand there and it will disappear. Father, I pray, let your power flow through these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you may be seated. Check your body, and we would like to hear some testimony sometime during the day. Come and talk to one of the, the guys up there, you know, people who are the ministry team. Share, and let the faith be built in our midst. This was a real tragedy this man had to go through. And as I looked through the Bible, there were a number of people who also had tragedies in their life one was in First Chronicle chapter 4, verse 9, verse 9 to 10. It says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I gave birth to him in pain. Jabez cried out to the Lord of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. A tragedy is not a great start for anyone to just come up, grow up in pain. And I thought, if Jabez was like this, what would have been his brothers like? I mean, he was in pain. I mean, he was more honorable than his brothers. I mean, he was in pain. And he was still honorable than his brothers. Brother, friends, that was a tragedy for Jabez, but he cried out to the Lord. Another story in the Gospel of Mark chapter 5, verse 26 and 28, a lady with an issue of blood for 12 years, she had an issue of blood, 12 years, and she was bleeding profusely, and she said, if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. 
If I touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. I mean, a condition, this is a real tragedy. She was excommunicated from the society because of her condition. It's a real human tragedy. But her life was transformed because of Jesus. Look at the disciples, uneducated. They were not eloquent. They were not polished. Fishermen, smelling sometimes. I once went to Goa, and I was on the Goa beaches, and a, a boat came, and fisher folks came, and, uh, you know, guys were pulling the net out, and I started talking to these guys, and one of them, and I asked him, what's your name? So the name sounds so fantastic. I mean, you know, great. He said, my name is Sylvester. Wow. For name Sylvester for a fisherman is, is lovely. <laughs> But then he looked so dirty, you know, beard, and he, he, he didn't look great. He was not polished at all. He was smelling of fish. And... But, you know, this was Jesus' disciples. They had, they had certain, this almost like, you know, that's how, who they were. The lame man sat and begged at the gate called Beautiful. Sitting under that beautiful tree, a beautiful gate, um, it's, it's beautiful, but he was a man with great need. How many of our colleagues, friends, neighbors appear outwardly to be doing okay, yet inwardly they're struggling? You know your friends, you know your family, your colleagues, they're struggling. They have, they have tasted material success, financial security, physical pleasures, but are still empty. Nobody home in their souls. This is my prayer for us. May God raise up an army to speak words of healing and deliverance to those other cripples in our neighborhood. Those other cripples in our churches. Those other cripples in our workplace. There are people. You don't need to, you don't need to search a lot. They are everywhere. They are everywhere. You come to India, one of the things that strikes you, there are people everywhere. When we come to this country, that's one thing that strikes us, where are the people? <laughs> we feel lonely sometimes. But when, we, when you come to our, our country, you will forget how to spell loneliness. <laughs> Behind every door, there is a human need. You've got lovely homes, by the way. English homes are world famous. I love, I love your homes. I mean, everything is so clean, so neat, so proper. You know, we can't find anything, you know. Everything is so orderly. Your car parking is amazing. You, you're so respectful, you're so considerate when the zebra crossing, you allow people to cross, you come to our country. <laughs> but, but friends, behind those closed doors of your neighborhood, behind the closed doors of your street, there is a need. And those needs had to be met in Jesus' name. Those needs had to be met. 
There are cancer patients. There are people in depression. There are people with sickness. You know, these days, I'm amazed by the medical technology, the, the whole medicine advancement of the medical thing, field. I mean, they're coming up with new names of new sickness. And I'm thinking, Lord, I mean, they're coming up with new names and new sickness and this virus and that bacteria and you name it. And in the midst of all that, where do we pitch ourselves? What hope do we have? We do have hope that we do have a name that brings healing to those people. There are, there are challenges with children. Marriages are falling apart. Job, job insecurity. Political uncertainty. They all, they all need Jesus. Come on. I'm saying that again, if you want to just echo that. They all need Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I'm dragging you out of your English comfort zone, yeah? <laughs> I told you I'm Indian. And I told you, I love, I love, I, I feel lonely. You know, when I come to England, this is another thing that strikes me. Here, everything is so quiet. <laughs> Even the quietness gets into my system. <laughs> but... Hey, let's make some noise for Jesus this morning, aren't we? Yeah. Woo! <laughs> this part of the program is sponsored by Commission. <laughs> okay. The second point is a heavenly touch. There's a human tragedy, this human condition, this sickness, this depression, this marriage is falling apart, this political uncertainty. I mean, you, you name it. I mean, you talk about political uncertainty in our country. Oh, we are living in it right now. What hope do we have? And I'm believing even times like this, not only for for, for this nation, for all those who are listening, if your country is going through certain political uncertainty, you need a heavenly intervention, and it will come. And let, let's really believe God for, for that. There was no indication. It's amazing that, you know, when Peter and John, as we, they were going to this temple, there was no indication this, this crippled believer, uh, this crippled man believed in Jesus Christ. He didn't ask Peter for prayer, yet Peter knew in his heart what to do rather than somehow knew God was about to do. He knew. He knew in his heart. That's why he said, look at me. Look at us. Look at us. That was a confident way of saying it. It is wonderful that this took place when they were on their way to the meeting. That's interesting. When I read that, Many a times we go to a meeting expecting something will happen. When I come out of the meeting, it is going to be different. How often we go to church on a Sunday morning to a church meeting thinking that on my way, I'm going to see some cripple healed. On my way, I'm going to see some things change. But that's what happened. They hadn't been to the prayer meeting yet. Still, their hearts were in tune with the Holy Spirit. Jesus had ascended into heaven, but he sent the Holy Spirit to empower his people so they could be his yielded servants. We are his yielded servants. 
they saw in this man an opportunity to minister the touch of God. Don't we see people? We do. Their lives had been turned around by Jesus, and now they wanted to share what they had received. You know, the problem that I see, we have received a lot from Jesus, and we still want to receive more. I'm saying it is time that we start give to people. Scatter the seed. Let's be generous in scattering the seed of the gospel, not only sharing the salvation message, but let's accompany it with signs and wonders. That was their motivation, and because of that, they were not in a hurry. Some of us are in a hurry. We want to get through to this meeting and that meeting. Now, that's not an indication this will end by 12. I assure you, I've learned punctuality being associated with friends like you. So I'll try and maintain that. And if I don't stop by 12, please don't crucify me. <laughs> yeah? But we, I'll try and finish by. But I'm just saying, basically, we are in a hurry. We're in a hurry to get on with the next thing. Hey, there are lives that need attention. The lives needs our focus. And when we focus on those lives, God will intervene. Their ministry was to bring a heavenly touch to a man who was in need. They stopped and they said to this man, look at us. He looked at them thinking they would give him some money. Now that's what the beggars expect, right? Beggars don't expect. I'm sure there are beggars everywhere. I mean, we have more maybe. But, but when they come to you, they're not expecting healing. But Peter and John looked at this beggar and he said, silver or gold I do not have. <laughs> silver or gold I do not have. But what I have Silver or gold I do not have, but don't think that I don't, I don't have anything. You may not have silver and gold, but you have something if you're, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ. You have something. And he said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Walk. What a confidence in Christ. What a confidence what a confidence. What the man wanted was money. But what he needed was healing. Peter was not prepared to give what he wanted, prepare, but he was prepared to give what he needed. And I want to say this to you, brothers and sisters. It is not about giving to people what they wanted but start giving what they really need. They need Jesus. They need the, the touch of the Holy Spirit. They need the healing power in those lives. They need somebody to hold their hand, bring them out of their depression. They need someone to hold their hand and bring a word of faith, or bring a word of affirmation, say that enough is enough. What you want is this, I don't have it. You want sympathy? I don't have it. You can give it if you have. <laughs> but that's not sympathy. It doesn't get anybody out of that place. But the power of God will get people out of wheelchair. The power of God will get people out of depression. The power of God will get people from 
total darkness into total light. And we want to see that it's happening. And he said, taking him by the right hand, he helped him. And instantly, the man's feet and ankles became strong. There are weak people in our neighborhood. There are weak people, your colleagues, your friends, their ankles need to be made strong. And who's going to do it? No one better than us. That's not a proud statement. Because who we have in us. We have Jesus in us. We are not, we are not called to explain healing. I feel sometimes, I feel, you know, when I talk to friends in, in commission family, I've interacted with a number of people, you know, I feel we come under an obligation that we need to explain healing before it happens. Can I just release you from that pressure this morning? You, have, you don't have to explain healing. When God said, I am your God who healeth thee, full stop. He didn't explain. Now, learn, read the following chapters. It explains how it is done. He said, lay hands on those who are sick and they shall be well healed, full stop. That's it. And I believe sometimes we come under the pressure, I need to explain how healing works. And I let me ask you, I mean, let me say this to you. I don't know how it works, but I do know it works. Yeah. It works. Lay hands on those who are sick and it shall be done. I believe, I believe, I don't know about you, and if you believe it, you can give a shout. I believe there is power in the name of Jesus. I believe, I believe that gives me faith to pray for the sick. That gives me faith to go into places where I've never been before. If you talk about restrictions, I've gone through many restrictions, but I do believe there is power in the name of Jesus. You can only impart what you have. It is important that we take care to develop our spiritual life if we would impart spiritual life to others. What was so different about Peter and John? That morning, they did something, right? When they saw the courage, this is what it said in Acts chapter 4, after this healing, the people looked at Peter and John and said that when they saw the courage, did you notice the word courage? We talk so much about timid, shy, fearful, I'm not capable. Hey, look at this. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled. I said unschooled, yeah? Ordinary men. Unschooled, ordinary men. But they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Amen? That's it. If you are not educated, if you are not gone to any university, you are feeling timid. It's all, that's, that's okay. But if you had been with Jesus, that will change and transform the way we do things. These men were unschooled, ordinary men. That's okay. But they had been with Jesus. When you spend time with God, He will reveal things to you. He will reveal few years ago, the scripture came really like a revelation to me from 
Psalm 25 verse 14 says, The Lord confides in those who fear Him. Wow. The Lord of creation, the creator of the universe, confides things with His people. Those who fear Him, those who spend time with Him, He reveals things. I have, God has been very kind to me. I've traveled in bus, train, aircraft, and in all these modes of transfer, even on the road, when I walked on across the street, there were people passing by, and God said, go and say that to that person. Once I was flying from Goa to Mumbai, at 33,000 feet height, God told me something to my the fellow passenger. And I told him, this is what I feel God is saying about you. And he said, how do you know this? I said, God speaks to me. God confides things with his people. As a story was told about, there is a, an old story about Thomas Aquinas, an Italian priest, when he visited Pope Innocent II and found him counting large sum of money. Ah, Thomas, said the Pope, the church can no longer say, silver or gold, I have none. That's true, your holiness, said Aquinas. But then, neither can Neither can it now say, arise and walk. Friends, I believe we need that part. It's not just a silver and gold that is going to satisfy the people. We need Jesus, the power of Jesus, the power of Jesus to come in the life of people. Number three, a healing transformation. First, a human tragedy, a heavenly touch, and a healing transformation. This is where I feel we need to just come away, come out of every restriction that God has placed upon us. The manifestation of the Spirit's power through the believers. When John Wimber's quote, Guy mentioned the other day, said, when do we get to do the stuff? Can I tell you when? Now. Now, today, we will get to do the stuff. And we've got to start doing it. As you start doing it, I've prayed for Thousands of people, and I'm not claiming all thousands were healed, but hundreds have healed and testified because we've got to start doing the stuff. Healing testimony of, uh, you know, one of our, um, a man came to church one day. He was a paralytic person. He was carried by four people. And I was preaching on that message where Jesus healed the paralytic. You heard that? You know, it's great to preach. And I was preaching passionately until that time I saw the paralytic man in front of me. <laughs> For a minute I thought I became paralytic. <laughs> and, you know, I was fumbling and at the end of the service, and I still had faith, and I, at the end of the service, there were four people brought him in and two people holding so that he won't fall off the chair. And at the end of the service I went up to him and I said, do you believe in Jesus, that Jesus can heal you? I mean, of course he would say yes because he wanted healing. He said, yes. So I held his hand and I said, come out in Jesus' name. And he stood for the first time in six months. And then I was not happy. I was not satisfied. And I thought, you know, no, no, that's not what the Bible says. So I said, okay. I mean, we, I couldn't get on with more than that. So the next, I said, come, come the following Sunday. So they came the following Sunday. Again, they were, he was brought and made him sit there. During the worship, there was a powerful presence of God. And during the worship, I use the same scripture that Peter and John said, silver or gold, I do not have. 
what I have, I give it to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And I held his hand and made him walk. And he walked and walked and walked and walked and went home. And I believe it is possible. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because He has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Many people would ask, which is the year of the Lord's favor? When you reach out to a crippled man and he is out of that wheelchair, that is the year of the Lord's favor for him. When you get a depressed man out of, the, out of the condition, when you reach out to her, reach out to him, when she is out of that condition, that is the year of the Lord's favor. It is not about which year. Every year is the year of the Lord's favor. Every year. Every year is the year of the Lord's favor. People need what you and I have. Will you take time to share what you have? May God give us people to touch with the power of God. Let the restrictions come off. It's an amazing story in the book of Acts chapter 28 when Peter, Paul survived a shipwreck and they came to the shore and they were warming themselves with the fire and suddenly from the fire a, a, a wiper coiled around his hand and some people looked at him and he said, look, this man must be a cursed being because he survived a shipwreck and now he's going to be killed by the snake. And what did Paul do? He shook it off. Shook it off. Now I want to say this to you, brothers and sisters. Let's shake off every restriction on us. Paul lived. Let's shake off every restriction. Silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give it to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. God wants to restore the cripple, the individuals in this room. God wants to, God wants to restore the, the leaders, the pastors of the church. You, you feel that you can't do this. And if you feel crippled, today I believe there's going to be a breakthrough in your life. God wants to, God wants to restore a crippled church. God wants to restore a crippled nation. And God wants to restore a crippled continent. God wants to do that. The same God who led Peter and John can lead us today. And point number four, a bold proclamation of the gospel. A bold proclamation of the gospel. He was fearless to declare that they need to, what they need to hear. There was spirit-born faith that God gave it to Peter tailored exactly to the unique situation he faced that day. Remember, brothers and sisters, God who has called us into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, is our Lord, is faithful. He is faithful. We are co-laborers in Christ through the Holy Spirit's work in our, in our midst. This one miracle opened the door for Peter to preach the gospel again. I was so moved and really touched by Peter's first message and the second message. Almost similar, identical 
sermon. He never emphasized on the healing, but he preached the gospel. He proclaimed, and I believe that's what Paul was saying in Romans, I am not ashamed of the gospel. I think as we preach the gospel, healing will happen. As we preach the gospel, deliverance will take place. As we preach the gospel, people will walk from darkness to light. And if you don't believe it, there is no hope for us. We've got to believe that. And we have a great vision to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of churches in tens of nations. We will not achieve this without the Holy Spirit. But let me say this to you. But with the Holy Spirit, we will achieve more than that. So I would like to say, I know this is our vision. I love this vision statement. I love our strategy. It's fantastic. But I want to say that, you know, we need to, this is a starting point for us. We need to come to that place because of the Holy Spirit is with us. We need to come to that place and we got to say that to see millions of lives transformed through thousands of churches in hundreds of nations. How about that? To see millions of lives transformed through thousands of churches in hundreds of nations. This is our need for today for clear examples of the power of God. Whether it is an addict coming out of and being set free, a child being healed, a cancer patient coming out of sickness and paralytic coming out of the wheelchair. I mean, all kinds of situation. And even people filled with the Holy Spirit coming into the kingdom of God. The word of God is our message as it is for Peter. Can't God give us more living testimonies in order to show the world that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? Can God give us testimonies? Can God give us more testimonies? Do you want a testimony? Do you want to come out of your restrictions? God wants to unlock the restrictions in your life. How many would say that I want to be, <clears throat> sorry, I, wa I, want, I want to come out of my own restrictions. How many would, put your hand up if you believe that. There are, th there are thousands of people in this room saying that I want to come out of restriction. God wants to use, to use you to minister to those suffer tragedies. How many want to say that God, I want God to use me. Amen. God wants to bring heavenly touch to your colleagues, your neighbors, your relatives. God wants to bring boldness to you, to your church, to impact your neighborhood. Your church, your city, your nation, and your continent. And he will do that for us. Let's really trust God for that. So I'm going to ask the band to play. But, but before I ask the band to lead us, I, I got eight minutes more. Am I right? Right. Okay, right. I will, I will be English this afternoon for, for this purpose. <laughs> okay, no, you don't want me to. Okay, you got one more. I got another message. <laughs> right. I want every leader, every pastor, every elder to stand up. If you feel, please, if you feel that you need to come out of certain restrictions and you want to see through you, your church is blessed. Through you, your community is blessed. And then we will pray for others. Yeah, first I want to pray for every elder, every pastor, every leader in this room. If that's what you feel, yes, I want, I want to see lives transformed. 
I want to see through hundreds of thousands of lives transformed, through hundreds of churches in tens of nations. We can't do this without the power of the Holy Spirit. And when the power of the Holy Spirit comes, we will do more than that. More than that. So if you're a leader, I want you to stand. I'm going to pray for you so that you will come away from every restriction, that which cripples you. You will no longer be crippled to lay hands on the sick. You will no longer be crippled to proclaim the gospel. Your church is not experiencing salvation. Today, God will lift that, that barrenness from you. God will lift that. And you will see a breakthrough coming because we need this breakthrough. Not only for your sake, for the, for, for the mankind, we need to see that breakthrough. So I'm going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I speak freedom. Every restriction that has come upon your people, Lord, it doesn't come from you because you said it was the freedom that Christ has set us free. And I pray, God, from this very moment, every leader, every man and every woman in this room, I pray they will walk into freedom. They will walk into the supernatural things of God. Lord, we are, we are natural. We need your supernatural intervention. Once again, we ask you, Lord God, the need of the hour is the power from heaven above. So do it, Lord God. Do it, Lord God, I pray. So when I prayed for, I saw only men standing. And there are women in this room, you know. I want, if you are married to that woman, you are a leader. If you are a woman, you are a leader. Stand up where you are. You, you too need this. There are millions of women needs your touch. Millions, stand up where you are. Thank you, Lord. Father, I just pray. An army of people may walk into freedom from this very moment. We will take hold of everything that Christ Jesus has taken hold of us. So I pray, God, impart faith into these hearts. Lord, I pray that you'd anoint their hands Anoint their lips, I pray a boldness, supernatural boldness will come. Lord, when we are asking that question, when do we get to do the stuff? I pray every man and woman standing in this room, they will start doing the stuff from now in Jesus' name. Now in Jesus' name. Not tomorrow, not this afternoon. Now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. We give you praise and give you glory, my God. Amen. 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 Thank you, Lord. Ten minutes. Got fifteen minutes. Wow. <laughs> five minutes, guys. At five minutes. <laughs> All right. You all come to an agreement first. <laughs> okay. Right. We're going to worship God, and then after that, I'm going to ask everyone to join hands, and I'm going to pray for a prayer of impartation, prayer of faith that we, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not preaching to you as someone who, from far, I'm, we are part of the same family. This family needs this. So I'm saying, my family needs this. This is a need for our family because we want to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of churches and tens of nations. And when the Holy Spirit comes, that will be transformed to millions of lives transformed to thousands of churches in hundreds of nations. Some of us may not live to see that, but that's okay. That's okay, but we'll see. Let's just worship God first. Let's all stand, please.
to go back and sing bits of I Cast My Mind again. We're going to focus again on Jesus. We're going to sing, I praise the name of the Lord our God. please everyone in this room I shared what I felt God put in my heart but the Holy Spirit has to do the work I want to ask the Holy Spirit he's the best in the practice when he comes he does the best job and I'm going to ask him to come and touch every lives. That word of knowledge that came earlier, people with broken heart, really going, struggling emotionally, some struggling spiritually. I'm going to pray for a touch from heaven today. We need the touch of heaven today upon us as a company of people. So if you feel that, oh, I'm that person, lift your hearts to God. If you are saying my body needs a touch today, physical healing, you lift your hearts to God. If you're a person going through depression, you are, you are susceptible to depression and other things, 
Lift your hearts to God. Today, God is going to take the restriction out of you. Today, God is going to bring life to, bring life to your situation. And I believe He's here. He loves us. He's our Father. He gives us the Holy Spirit. He, he loves to give the Holy Spirit. Not only just the fruit of the Spirit, the gifts of the Spirit. He loves to pour His Spirit over us as a company of people. Father, you so love us. You send your only son, Jesus, into this world. Through his work, through his ministry, we were brought from darkness to your light. And Lord, now we are not just in the light alone, but we are the light. And I pray God for us to really move from this place and really bring light into those dark areas, Lord God. I pray that you would touch every man and every woman as, as, a, as, a, as a symbol of our unity to receive things from you. Father, I ask you right now that you send the Holy Spirit power upon us as a company of people. And I pray God, everyone in this room will receive a fresh touch from heaven in Jesus' name. Father, we pray, Lord, those who are thinking that they've gone through a tragedy, I pray God, they will experience a heavenly touch in Jesus' name. I pray for those who are going gone through restrictions that they feel that they can't do it. They feel they're too timid. They're ordinary. I pray, Holy Spirit, will you just come upon them in Jesus' name. Let there be healing in this room in Jesus' name. Emotional healing, spiritual healing and physical healing in the name of Jesus. Oh, we thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. We give you praise and give you glory for your work over us as a company of people. Lord, we, we so honor you, Holy Spirit. We love your work, and I pray this moment onwards, you will continue this work in every life in this room so that as a company of people, we will accomplish what you promised to us to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of lives in tens of nations. May it be done for your glory. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.